Hello and welcome to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's version of Dollars and Cents. I appreciate you making the time here at the 4 o'clock hour. Those of you who have been longtime listeners to Dollars and Cents know that we historically have been at the 1130 hour here on Thursdays. Now we're at the 4 o'clock hour. I know it's a change in schedule. It's a change in, in how your day goes, but I appreciate you being loyal. Appreciate you switching over here to the 4 o'clock hour again for Dollars and Sense, presented by North Main Financial. My name is Joshua Doby. I'm a CFP, Certified Financial Planner Professional. I appreciate so much you making this time here. And as you know, as a previous listener to Dollars and Cents, we're talking on any number of subjects. We're talking on a number of different things. We're looking at macroeconomic. We're looking at global types of economic and financial influences that may be pertinent to what we're doing. But you know, as a previous listener to Dollars and Cents, that nothing that we're talking about here is intended to be a specific recommendation for you. Meaning that even though we're talking on these specific items, today we're probably going to talk about companies. We're right in the middle of earnings season. It's it's a hot time in my end of the universe in terms of hearing from companies and about where earnings are and the kinds of things that are happening in their forward-looking forecasts. Again, as we're talking about those kinds of things, that nothing is intended as a specific recommendation for you. Meaning that even though as we're talking about these things, we strongly, strongly recommend that you reach out to your tax advisor, to your financial advisor, or if you'd like to reach out to us at North Main Financial Group, love to hear from you, love to hear about your particular financial situation and to see if there are ways in which we might be able to be helpful to you. Online, you can find us at North Main Financial. Dot com. That's north like the direction, main like the street, financial.com, northmainfinancial.com. We have a contact page on there. You leave us an email address, a phone number. Let us know the most preferred and desirable ways for us to contact you, again, at northmainfinancial.com. You're also welcome to call our office at any time, 704-987-1425. Again, 704-987-1425. And one more time, 704-987-1425. All right, again, thank you so much for tuning in to Dollars and Cents for this week. As I mentioned, my name is Joshua Doby. We're going we're gonna to jump right in. I know this is the most exciting part of the hour, right? When we're getting into what's hot. And, and, and for those of you who are first-time listeners, I don't mean to disappoint you, but, uh, but, but, but the long-time listeners are going to know I'm not your guy for the hot stock tip. So even though we talk about what's hot in this first segment here of Dollars and Cents, I, I'm, I'm not the guy. I mean, yes, there are those things that are hot. Yes, there are those things which are not. But we're not going to be talking about those things here and what's hot. We're going to really be talking about those kinds of things, which are probably on, on your radar screen if you like to watch the markets, if you're watching the business news segment of the 6 o'clock news. Well, it used to say 6 o'clock and 11 o'clock. Now it's 6 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and 11 o'clock. You know why they did that, by the way. You know, you know why they started to do that is because of people like me. Because by 9 o'clock at night, we're about ready to go to bed. <laughs> and, and we're not we're not really interested. Actually, actually, not even that we're interested. We can't stay up until 11 o'clock. So they started to say, well, we're going to put the news on at 9 o'clock or at 10 o'clock. For those of you like me who uh, have got to get to bed or at least feel like we have to get to bed. So uh, so we're talking about the kinds of things that hit your headlines. We're talking about the kinds of things in the Wall Street Journal. You know, I reference it a lot in, uh, in, in our show here on Dollars and Cents about the kinds of things that you're seeing. You may hear some things that are repeated in terms of 
what your experience is in seeing the kinds of headlines out there which are pertinent from an economic and financial standpoint. We're trying to bring you things here on dollars and cents which which truly are relevant. It, it's not we're not just filling up the airwaves, we're not just filling up the time. These are the kinds of things. I mean, if you would look at my list in terms of each weekly show, I got more cr- things crossed out than I do actually that make it through. I truly do. Uh, because we have so much uh, in material that we could bring to you that we feel is pertinent. And we hope that it's pertinent to you as well in terms of either A, just being aware, or B, perhaps in being helpful to make some decisions on your end of things. So let's get into it. What's hot? Uh, the big one this week in my end of the world. And it may or may not be in your end of the world. It hasn't really hit us in our pocketbooks yet or I said pocketbook. I know that that gives an indication of my age. It hasn't really hit us in our checkbook yet. It hasn't really hit us in terms of our bank accounts yet. But it has to do with us as a country in the U.S. And Fitch, F-I-T-C-H, one of the major bond rating agencies here in the country, Fitch. Uh, there are Moody, uh, the other one, is the big, big one is Moody's. S&P is also a very large rating agency as well. So there are a number of different large rating agencies out there, and there are an infinite number of smaller rating agencies out there. Fitch is one of the big ones. Fitch is, is one of the big ones, especially in the bond arena. And uh, they came out this week, and it wasn't completely unexpected, but it may have been a little bit unexpected for folks who don't follow these things things very tightly. They actually downgraded the U.S. debt or the U.S. debt market. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that we went from a AAA rating to a AA plus rating. So it is the next rating down, if you will. It was one step backwards in terms of the rating as measured or as um, delegated by Fitch. Now, does that mean that everything is is going to stop or that the market's going to pull back? Well, we had a little flutter in the markets. Uh, If you've been watching the stock market this week, I don't want to say it's this binary because that would be inappropriate, but definitely there's been a pullback in the markets this week, especially on the more aggressive end of the equity universe. But we did. We had a pullback, and and we did also have this downgrade by Fitch in terms of the U.S. debt market. Now, in practical terms, what does that mean? Well, as I mentioned right before I, I outlined this hot item to you here, may not mean anything. May not mean that, that anything in your in your life has changed at all, and that's probably the case for most folks. But what it does mean in terms of the ripple effect, the proverbial ripple effect, if you will, that, that there is probably going to be some effect on the cost of borrowing by the federal government in an ongoing kind of way. Meaning that, I mean, think about your own experience when you're applying for a mortgage. If you have a credit score at a high level, it's probably a little bit of a lower interest rate. If you have a credit score of a lower level, it's probably going to be a little bit more expensive to borrow. Same thing with the federal government. Same thing on on their end of things when they're selling treasuries or when they're taking out debt, which uh, we're going to talk about a little bit. Is that a really high level? Actually, historically high level right now. We're going to talk about what that means in terms of the effect on our economy, our markets, and what that means for you personally. But, uh, But when we're looking at it from the federal level, again, that means that it's more expensive for them to borrow. Now, there's a huge ripple effect from that. If it's more expensive for the government to borrow, then it's more expensive for them to lend money to the U.S. Treasury. It's more expensive for them to lend money to the IRS. It's more expensive for them, for them to process the annual budget for us as a country, whether we're talking about the Department of Defense, whether we're talking about the Department of Interior, Department of Education, the whole thing. You just keep running the ripple effect through everything into which the federal government has any financial touch point whatsoever. Now, does that all happen at once? 
Heavens no, of course not. We are a $27 trillion annual GDP. It doesn't all happen at once. It can't all happen at once. That ripple can't run that fast through our economy. But it is important for us to keep in mind because there is going to be some effect on that. And then there is going to be, of course, residual and consequential effects from that as well. We're going to talk about that later on here in Dollars and Cents. That's a teaser. I want you to hang around in terms of what we're doing. But it's very important to understand for this particular point on what's hot, that it has been adjusted. And and primarily it's because of the amount of debt that we have taken on here over the last three and a half years. We have moved, in terms of our, our country's debt, from approximately 18 to $20 trillion. I know, I can't imagine that either. 18 to $20 trillion to approximately $33 trillion. Again, the kind of thing that I can't quantify either, but if you look at it in percentage terms, about 50% movement. So very, very big in terms of the movement here. Very big item. I've spent a lot of time, I know, on this in talking about it in the What's Hot segment, but I want you to keep that in mind. All right. Well, we're already at the end of, uh, of the first segment of this week's Dollars and Cents show. I want you to stay tuned as we're talking about what the relevance is going to be for your overall portfolio. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be back in a moment. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I'm Joshua Doby, your host for the hour. Thank you so much for hanging with us here into the second segment, second out of four here as, uh, as we're moving through the hour, uh, talking about the kinds of things that hopefully are relevant to you in terms of your financial and then largely looking at macro kinds of pictures in our economic lives. Let me just uh, give you a quick uh, note on how to contact us again. I, I sometimes blush through this. I get real excited about this kind of stuff. I understand you may not get excited about it, but I do. And hopefully I can translate that to you, not because you need to get as excited as I am, but because of the kinds of things that may be helpful and relevant to you as you're thinking about your particular and individual financial lives. If you'd like to reach out to us at North Main Financial Group, we'd love to chat with you. We'd love to hear about your particular financial journey and to see if there are ways in which we might be able to be helpful to you. Never an obligation for that first time together. We just like to hear about where things are for you and again, to see if there are ways in which we might be able to be helpful to you. Online, you can find us at northmainfinancial.com. That's north like the direction, main like the street, financial.com. Northmainfinancial.com, contact page on there. Leave us an email address, phone number. Let us know how you'd like for us to contact you again at northmainfinancial.com. Com. All right, you got that part. As I mentioned, my name is Joshua Doby. I'm a CFP or certified financial planner professional. As we were going in there, we do the what's hot segment in the first uh, segment of, uh, of our show uh, here on Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. And we were talking about the downgrade by Fitch. I, I don't like to start out with negative kinds of things. I don't think that's particularly encouraging or, or perhaps endearing to you, but it's important that you be aware of it. Not because it has an immediate impact on you, but because there is an impact on you, uh, perhaps in an ongoing kind of way. As I mentioned, when there's a downgrade in terms of the U.S. federal debt, so we're talking about the federal government and the, and the debt we have as a country, and, and there are several large rating agencies. Fitch is the one that downgraded us uh, here in the last week. There's also Moody's. There's also S&P. Those are the three big ones, and there are dozens, if not countless, other smaller agencies, which also do rating kinds of uh, analytical reports. But uh, but Fitch was the big one this week that, that downgraded. It's possible we may hear from S&P and Moody's as 
well in the relative near future. But what that means is, on a relative basis, that it's going to become more expensive for the federal government to raise debt or to increase their debt. Now, I mentioned just before we went to break there, and you may have blushed right over it. I understand that if that happened, let me just repeat it here very quickly, that uh, we have increased our country's debt. And we're talking about outstanding U.S. Treasuries or those obligations which are a functional of our federal government. Uh, we have increased our federal debt here by over 50% in the last three and a half years. Now, that may or may not be particularly relevant to you. I'll tell you that if it's not relevant to you today, it absolutely is going to be relative. relative relevant, excuse me, to you in an ongoing way as we look forward. Because that debt eventually has to be paid. Think about your own space, right? Think about your own space in terms of having a mortgage, in terms of having a car loan, in terms of having credit card debt, in terms of having any line of credit that's out there to you. In some way, shape, or form, you're going to be responsible for that at some point. Now, it may be way out in the future, it may be something that, that is, is just not uh, relevant from a principal standpoint to you today, but it is going to be relevant to you at some point in the future. And in the meantime, you're making payments. You may be paying some principal. You may be pay, uh, paying uh, interest. You may be paying a lot of interest if you're at the front end of an, of an amortization schedule. Uh, you're definitely going to be paying. Uh, in, on that kind of thing. Very similar for the federal government, except it's on a gargantuan macro scale. We're talking about trillions and then tens of trillions of dollars. Hard for some, well, maybe not for you. It's hard for me. I mean, how many, how many zeros in a trillion? We'll probably get somebody who's going to call in and tell me exactly how many zeros are in a trillion. But there are a lot of zeros in, in a trillion. Hard for, for folks who are, who are quantifying things in tens and hundreds and thousands to quantify what it means for a trillion. But the concepts are no less different. Meaning that the kinds of things that are relevant to us in terms of our day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year kinds of budgets are absolutely true for federal government. Yes, they do have some other levers. Yes, it obviously is on a much larger scale. But at a certain point, again, they're going to be, we are going to be uh, held accountable for those kinds of things. So when we have a downgrade, think of it just kind of like your, your credit score pulling back. So if you had a higher credit score that now is a lower credit score, it's basically the same thing for the federal government, uh, but it's going to become more expensive to uh, to take out debt. So when we're looking at that kind of thing, then we're looking at the ripple. We're looking at the uh, the residual effect from that. What does that actually mean for us? Well, it means that things are going to become more expensive. Here on Dollars and Cents, you've heard me talk a lot here over the last oh, let's call it 15 months, 16 months, 18 months at this point, about the increased expense of just day-to-day living. And I've hyper-focused on two specific items. I've looked especially at uh, the kinds of things that have to do with going to the grocery store and the things that have to do with going to the gasoline pump. The reason for that is, yes, it may seem a little bit mundane. It may even seem a little, uh, a little bit um, simple. But my goodness, all of us, expe- uh, all of us experience it. And that's why I've been raising it up, because those are the places where we see the effects of increased expenses, of inflation, those kinds of things that impact our our day-to-day, month-to-month budget in the most relevant and consistent kinds of ways. We're seeing it. We're seeing it. I mean, one of the things I'm going to talk about here in just a moment is, especially when it comes to those things that have to do with a higher experience, higher, increased experience uh, relative to our budget, has to do with uh, the increase in, with the price of oil, a barrel of oil. Now, I know not many of you are buying an actual barrel of oil out there in Norman, Oklahoma on the open exchange, uh, what we call West Texas Intermediate or WTI. I get that. Uh, I'm not either, by the way, just in case you're wondering. But I do track it. I track it very tightly because of the residual, the ripple effect that comes from a barrel of oil, specifically 
specifically with regards to its refinement and then eventually hitting our gas pumps where we fill up uh, our, our cars with gasoline. And, uh, and we're seeing that price start to rise. We haven't really for the majority of this year. If you track that, you, I hope you don't because otherwise I would make you a little bit boring like me. But, uh, but if you track that kind of thing, if you track a barrel of oil and uh, you're looking at the price, you know basically we've been between 76 and $81 here for a barrel of WTI since, uh, since January 1st. We're starting to creep up. And, 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 and frankly, if, if I'm looking at it objectively, and if you've been a, a good listener to Dollars and Cents, you, you know what I'm going to say next, because I, I try to share with you all the, the misses that I have, as well as, as, well as the things that I think I've called uh, at least uh, close to correctly. Uh, I missed it on, on, on gasoline. As, as inflation was rising, it's very, very common when you look at the last 80 years that commodity prices rise as well. And actually, almost, almost concurrently, not one-to-one, not, not in exact ratios, but they tend to rise at the same time, meaning uh, that commodity prices tend to rise. And that was true for a number of things. That was true for silver. That was true for palladium. That was true for platinum, a number of our, our, our commodities. Uh, that was true for gold, uh, not right away, but, but uh, it's up about 9% this year. That did not happen for oil. Very, very interesting. And there are a number of, of variables in that algorithm, probably why that's the case. If you look at it in terms of supply-demand ethos uh, and, and not getting too granular or too academic on it, probably was due to the fact that we had more supply coming here from the U.S. And uh, we have a number of different initiatives here in the United States which have uh, increased drilling and have increased supply on the market. That's probably the reason why, not the only one, it's not binary, but that is one of the major reasons why that, uh, that we didn't have a spike up in oil prices, even though inflation was rising. However, we're starting to see some increase. Now, again, if you uh, and again, I hope your life is a whole lot more interesting than mine. But if you watch these things with regards to the oil markets and specifically the trading markets very closely, you probably know that Saudi Arabia has come out recently and said that they're going to be cutting some supply. Not going to get into the political reasons why that may be the case. Not going to get into any of the residual effects, but just really to highlight this point that, uh, that when Saudi Arabia said that, we started to see a flutter up, increase, if you will, in the price of a barrel of oil. And so we moved out of that trading range. I mentioned about 76 to $81 for a barrel. We're getting up into the mid eighties at this point. Now, again, if you're not trading a barrel of oil, may not have particular relevance in terms of this exact moment. However, if you're like me and you fill up your gasoline tank with some regularity, while there's not a one-to-one -one correlation, there definitely is a close correlation between the price of a barrel of oil and the price of a gallon of gasoline at the pump. And that's what's very important. That's what's, what, I, what I want you to keep in mind, because if a barrel of oil is increasing in price, chances are, not always true, but chances are we're going to see an increase in the price of a gallon of gasoline at the pump. And that's what's relevant to you, because that's going to impact your day-to-day, month-to-month budget. Very, very important when we're looking at that. Very, very important in terms of the effect on it. Very, very important in terms of our planning. And uh, boy, it's, it's hard sometimes. It's hard when we're looking at that kind of thing and trying to do some planning in terms of how that actually impacts us because it's shifting around all the time. So as soon as you get a budget in place, the darn thing moves a little bit and it's, and it's hard to keep it, right? It's hard, it's hard to budget for it because it, especially if you're driving some extended distance to work, which we do have fewer and fewer of those in this day and age, especially post-COVID, of folks who are driving a distance to work, but I'm thinking most especially of our emergency and 
first responder folks, if it's police, if it's emergency, if it's fire uh, kinds of things, those folks very often are living some distance from where they actually serve. So that those kinds of folks are, are experiencing it in a very real kind of way. If you're traveling 20, 30, 40, 60 minutes to work one way, you absolutely are feeling that. And a, and a movement in 10 or 20% of the uh, of the price of a gallon of gasoline, it's going to impact you. It's going to impact your budget as well. So those that's the reason why I spend so much time. That's the reason why I put it in the what's hot end of things. I think it's important. I think it's relevant for uh, for what we're talking about here because I want you to be aware of it so that you don't, you don't get surprised. There are enough surprises. We've got enough things that happen in terms of uh, what we don't anticipate. I like to be able to give you these things, at least insofar as I can see them quickly, uh, to be able to make sure that we have fewer uh, experiences on the surprise end of things as, uh, as, as much as we can anyhow. So, all right. So we got the, we got the things with regards to the, to the Fitch ratings. We got the things with regards to uh, here. We're talking about the price of a gallon of gasoline. We're going to talk about some other things here in the second half of the show. I want you to stay around. I want you to make sure that we're talking about some things that may be relevant to you and hopefully helpful. We'll be back in a moment. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. Thank you so much for hanging with us into the second half of this week's version of Dollars and Cents. I appreciate so much your time and I don't take it lightly, especially if you're a longtime listener. You remember we used to have a half hour show. Now we got a full hour. I'm thankful so much to folks like Bill and Justin who allow me to be be on here for a full hour. I hope it's helpful to you. I hope it's the kind of thing that is uh, that is helpful not only for just your listening pleasure, but also hopefully for making some decisions when it comes to your financial life here on Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. Real quickly before I get into uh, the next segment of things, want to make sure you know how to get a hold of us uh, online at northmainfinancial.com. That's north like the direction, main like the street financial.com northmainfinancial.com you have a contact page on there you can leave us an email address or a phone number let us know if uh, we can be helpful to you as you're going on your financial journey again at northmainfinancial.com all right let's get into the second half here as i was working through the uh, the second segment there just before we went to break to hear from our sponsors we're talking about some of the things that i think i hope uh, were, are relevant to your particular financial life and perhaps even in your day to day and week to week month to month kind of experience, talked about the kinds of things with the downgrade of U.S. financial debt. When I, when I talk about downgrade, that, that doesn't mean that, that that we're out of business as a country. I mean, think about it in terms of your own personal financial space. When you get a hit to your credit report, it doesn't mean you're out of business necessarily. It just means that it may be a little bit more expensive for you to borrow if you would like to borrow for a mortgage or if you would like to borrow for a car loan or if you're wanting to get a line of credit or a home equity loan or anything along those lines. Probably it's going to be more expensive for you to do that. That's actually what happened to us as a country. Uh, the the ratings institution Fitch, F-I-T-C-H, one of the, the big three, at least in my end of the world when we're thinking about uh, the bond rating agencies. Fitch, S&P, Moody's, those are the big three that I see most frequently on my end of the universe. Fitch was the one that downgraded uh, here this past week. Probably going to hear from S&P and Moody's as well. Haven't heard from them in very formal ways yet. Wouldn't be surprised if we do. But uh, but that means it's increased uh, expense for the U.S. federal government to be able to borrow. So, And then we're looking at that. We're looking at, at the, um, the rise in interest rates. We're looking at the rise in inflation. 
I talked about the rise in a barrel, uh, a cost of a barrel of, uh, of oil of West Texas Intermediate. As I mentioned, you probably aren't trading full barrels. Uh, not, not many folks do, at least when we look at the entire populace of folks in the markets who are or actually buying and selling full barrels of, uh, of West Texas Intermediate. And even those that do rarely take, uh, uh, take receipt, uh, meaning that they're buying and trading them even before they take receipt of, uh, of a full barrel. But the cost is going up or, or the price of a barrel is going up. And that's what's most relevant, meaning that we were trading in that the high 70s, low 80s range. We're starting to break out a little bit into the, uh, into the high 80s, excuse me, mid 80s range of things. We're really not in the high 80s with any consistency at this point. But what that means is relative to, uh, uh, to our experience, to your experience, perhaps, perhaps, certainly to my experience, is as we're going to the gas station, it's more expensive. Meaning it's more expensive for us to fill up a, 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 a tank of gas. And, and you may not be feeling it yet. You may not have noticed it yet, but it's probably going to be your experience here over the next several weeks or so. So that's the kind of thing that you want to keep in mind. Some things, uh, sometimes that happens in the summertime, meaning as we get into the, quote, summer driving season, we hear that from AAA, right? The American Automobile Association uh, often comes out with that and says that we're going to be ex- uh, seeing a higher uh, cost for a gallon of gasoline as we get into the summer uh, driving season well. Uh, We're getting to the end of the summer driving season. as kids are getting ready to go back to school, but uh, but we're looking at a flutter up in the price of a, of a barrel of oil, which in its refined capacity, one of its products is certainly gasoline at our gas pumps, and we may be seeing an increase in that price. So I want to make you aware of that. I want to make sure that you have that on your radar screen. Not that it's going to be... Uh, seismically disruptive, uh, to, uh, to use a dime phrase here just very quickly, but it's the kind of thing that I think is important for you to keep on your radar screen. So, all right, enough about that. I'm, I'm going to give you a, this is, this is a fun item, uh, coming up next here. And it's not because I want, I want just to fill the air or because I want to be, um, glib, uh, with, with, with this particular item, but I think it's, it's something that, that is a part of our lives already, whether we know it or not. And, and I think is going to continue to be a part of our lives. It's hitting, uh, my, my radar screen, certainly my, uh, headline kinds of news items that I, uh, consume on, on a daily basis. You've probably heard me say sidebar. You've probably heard me say a number of different times, a significant portion of my time as a financial advisor is spent in consuming and digesting and then sifting through voluminous amounts of data in dozens of different forms. Whether that has to do with headline news uh, or it has to do with um, securities news, market-related news, data points in the end of the trading universe that I think are, are irrelevant. That's a significant portion of my time. It is the world in which we live. So I'm saying that to say what I'm going to say next. Headline news. Really, it is. I mean, headline news, it's, it's been, quote, hot. I guess I should have included this in what's hot uh, here at the front end of today's Dollars and Cents show. But relative to, uh, to what we're talking about here, I do think it is important. I think it is important that you be aware of it. And that is, I'm going to use the, uh, the acronym uh, to start out. And it's actually two letters. You probably have heard of it. If you haven't, I'm sure you're going to at some point here. A-I. 
So what, what exactly does that mean? What, what, is, what is AI? Well, uh, it means a number of different things to a number of different people, but you probably have heard of AI or, or AI in reference to things technology-related or technological in, in, in focus. Um, artificial intelligence is, is, is how the, uh, the acronym is defined in word format, but really what we're talking about are the ways in which that technology is and is continuing to evolve in ways which make certain functions of technology uh, more efficient. Now, what was shown to me, and I, and I got to tell you, I mean, you probably, if you're, if you're watching me on Facebook Live or you're watching one of our live streams here, you, you can see that I'm holding up a paper version of the Wall Street Journal. Um, I'm not your technology guy. <laughs> there are wonderfully gifted folks like we have here at WSIC and, and like we have, like I have in other parts of my life who, who are wonderfully gifted in all things technology. I, I stumble along in a very trailing kind of fashion only as fast as the folks who are much more gifted drag me along. So I need to disclose that to you. This is not me speaking as an expert, but it is relevant. And, uh, and, so, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use uh, what I'm talking about next really as an example format in thinking about what AI is. I had someone show me recently, and, and you're probably very familiar with this if, if you're listening. And, and so, you know, what I'm going to be talking about, you're probably already moved on from. But it's this, this, uh, this program or, the, or this function of, uh, of AI uh, that you can utilize called ChatGPT. Now, I'm not going to get into the functions of ChatGPT. I, I couldn't speak anywhere near elegantly enough. Uh, we have folks here at WSIC who probably could. Uh, I'm not one of them. Uh, but, uh, but relative to the, to the experience, uh, it was amazing for me to watch when certain things were entered into a, a let's call it a command line of some kind, uh, typed into a command line, how this program was able to formulate uh, in this particular case, you'll appreciate this if you got kids in college, or if you perhaps happen to be in college, how could basically it could draft a, a, a term paper, well, I call it term paper, uh, or it could draft a report in seconds. Literally, it could reach to the outer parts of the internet in seconds to consume just millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of points of data in seconds to be able to compile whatever it was that we entered into the command line. I think it was something with regards to Greek mythology at the point. I don't want to get into Greek mythology right now, and I don't want to get too far into the nuances of ChatGPT, but rather to, to bring that to your attention from the AI or the artificial intelligence standpoint, I'm seeing something on it every day. And I'm seeing uh, advances on it every day in terms of the capability and the ways in which corporations are using it either to analyze internal data, external data, perhaps to analyze uh, sales processes, operational um, uh, efficiencies, those kinds of things which may be helpful to them to be able to increase margins and to decrease overhead. So I'm seeing that kind of thing all the time. You may be seeing it as well, especially if you're in the technology end of the universe. You probably know a whole lot more about that uh, than what I'm describing here in very amateurish kind of ways. But I'm saying that because I think that's relevant to the kinds of things we should watch in the market. Not because I'm saying that every company that's involved with AI right now is uh, is going to be a good company to uh, to own, but I'll tell you this is uh, earnings season. Maybe talk about this in the last segment of this week's uh, dollars and cents show. It's a little bit of a teaser. Hang on with us. But uh, this is earnings season right now, and the technology companies very interesting. I'm tracking how many times they're they're saying AI in their earnings report. 
I mean, I, I've, I've seen anything from a couple to a dozen to a couple hundred. And, and these reports last about 30 minutes. So it's pretty interesting to hear how many times they're talking about it, how many times they mention it which tends to be an indication about how relevant it is to their particular earnings report at that time. So when I'm looking at that kind of thing, and, and I'm, I'm looking at it in terms of our relevance to where the markets are right now, it's not the only thing. Of course, never is. It's never that simple. It's never that binary in terms of how it's put together. But certainly it is relevant. And, uh, and again, just from the financial end of things, those companies which are involved with it, those companies which are pushing it from a, from a technological uh, standpoint, I think that's going to continue to be relevant. I think that's going to continue to be on our radar screen. It probably is already on your radar screen right now. As I said, I'm a, I'm still a paper and pen kind of person. I'm not I'm not the kind of person who's going to be the one who's going to give you the the hot tip on on that end of things. But I'm just aware enough and just exposed enough to know that it is relevant to uh, to our day-to-day lives today. And I think it's going to continue to be relevant for how things are put together. So definitely something AI you want to keep on your radar screen in terms of how it's put together. Well, again, friends, uh, I thank you for, uh, for being with us to this point here on Dollars and Cents. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. We'll be back in just a moment. Hello and welcome back to Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. Thank you so much for hanging with us into the last segment uh, here of Hour Long. I know, again, if you're a long-time listener, we had the half hour there at 1130. We're back uh, here at uh, 4 o'clock in the afternoon for a full hour. I appreciate your attention. I appreciate you making the time out of your afternoon to sit with us here and to give attention to things financial and economic that surround us again here at Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. My name is Joshua Doby. I'm a CFP, Certified Financial Planner Professional. Appreciate so much making the time. All right, we've been talking a lot about uh, what, what's going on in, in the world around us. I even gave you a couple of AI, AI items, artificial intelligence. I'm not your guy. I, I try to keep up. I, I still write things down on legal pads and, and I keep them in on legal pads and I put them in files. I, I, I know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the cutting edge uh, kind of person. Actually, just recently I started to make notes on on a on, on an iPad uh, or, or on a you know a digital screen with with a pencil that's not really a pencil I don't know if you've ever used one of those I'm, I'm getting used to it all right I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in just kicking and screaming to all things that have to do with technological innovation. But it is amazing uh, kinds of stuff. It is amazing in terms of the kinds of things that are happening. And then there are concerns out there. I, I didn't really get a chance to say that before we went to break here on uh, on WSIC, News Talk Now. Uh, they'd be right before break there, talking about the kinds of things that, that are a concern with AI as well. We're really talking about things that, that are economic and financial impacts on it. But there are some concerns out there, and I think legitimately so, and, and those are the kinds of things that I'm sure are going to continue to be addressed. But when we're looking at things, you know, economic and, and financial, I'm going to bring something anecdotally to you. All right. Somebody brought this to me. I, I, I just think it's a little bit of a fun one. All right. I, and then maybe this is a, a thanks for hanging with me here <laughs> through the full hour of, uh, of dollars and cents. Um, somebody brought this to me. I don't have a pair of these. You, you might, uh, there, there probably, uh, are others here at WSIC who do, uh, they're so much more educated 
educated than uh, than I am about these kinds of things. But it has to do um, Meta. Meta is the old uh, Facebook. And when I say the old Facebook, it's not because they changed companies; they changed their name. So Facebook became Meta Platforms or Meta, uh, as it, as it's often referred to. They had a deal with Ray Ban sunglasses. If you're into fancy, expensive sunglasses here, uh, they they had a deal with Ray Ban here. I'm going to say it was in 2021. So it's been a couple of years to develop these smart sunglasses. When I say smart sunglasses, they could take pictures, they could take recordings of videos, they could do all kinds of things. I mean, for those of you who are a little bit older like I am, uh, it's George Jetson kind of stuff. I mean, it, it's it's stuff from the cartoons. It literally is. I mean, and it, literally it's happening right now. I mean, the kinds of things that we watched on uh, on, on cartoons on Saturday mornings as, as, as a young person, I mean, now we're talking into our watches on our wrists and in our sunglasses can take videos and, and, and pictures. Folks, we're, we're living it right now. We're, it's, it's happening around us. Anyhow, the only reason I'm saying that is because Meta, the old Facebook, had a deal with Ray-Ban. They came out here a couple of years ago with, uh, with some of these. And, and surprising to me, so I, I dug into a little a little bit, uh, surprising to me was that it's not taking off in the, in the ways that I'm sure that, that Facebook slash Meta and, uh, and Ray-Ban thought that it would, meaning that not as many pairs were sold or many sets of, of these uh, particular kinds of sunglasses were sold as were anticipated or perhaps hoped for by, uh, by both Meta and, uh, and by Ray-Ban. Now, so a couple of caveats here. They're expensive. Right, they're fancy. They got they got stuff going on. I mean, if you gave if you gave a pair to somebody like me, I, I'd be very thankful for them. I would. I would thank you for them. I'd have no idea how they work. I'd have to get somebody real intelligent to tell me how those things go together and what things. Well, you know, how do I look or in them or how do what 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 part of the sunglasses do I press in order to be able to take a picture or a photo uh, or a movie? I, lots of stuff, lot, lots of things beyond my awareness and understanding. But anyhow, they didn't take off as fast. And that happens in the technology world. That's really what I was wanting to share with you. Uh, in addition to the fact that Ray-Ban and, and Meta are probably names familiar to, uh, to your end of the universe, haven't taken off at this point in the ways that they were anticipated. And it's kind of interesting because when you look at a, at a couple of other companies, Samsung is coming to mind quickly with their virtual reality goggles. You probably have seen them. They, 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 these goggles where you can't see out, actually, so different than sunglasses, but these goggles which which literally go over your eyes and the band goes around your head and, and you're not able to see out at all because it gives you a virtual reality kind of experience. There are other... Uh, types of those kinds of things, whether they're sunglasses, goggles, other, other entities, which haven't taken off as much probably as, as those particular companies would have liked as well. It's very interesting because we're moving there, but as is true, and this is really, this is where I'm going to bring it full circle here to your particular financial and, uh, and investment kind of space, not the kinds of things always that just go straight forward. Meaning just because something is new, just because something is hot to the market, just because something is uh, is something that necessarily other folks haven't seen or experienced before, doesn't mean that it's going to be an instant success, even if it happens to be in a part of the market which is hot. And I don't, I don't think anybody who's a market watcher or even a market analyst would be able to say, well, it's not hot right now. I mean, there are no things that, no, of course, technology is hot right now. You've heard me say in previous shows, I'll say it again here today, uh, that with regards to the movement of the markets this year to date, uh, as of the date of this live broadcast or as of the 
date of this recording, that there would be hard to say that the technology has not been at the forefront in terms of appreciation, meaning those things which have moved forward in value. Actually, if you're looking at the S&P 500, You've heard me say this before. It bears repeating. The S&P 500 is, is comprised of 500 different companies. If you would take out the top 11, top 11, 1, 1, 11 companies out of the S&P 500 index, the S&P 500 index is flat to negative for the year. Amazing, because if you include those 11 companies, we're in double-digit growth. So it's very, very, very important that you understand what's moving, especially if we're looking at indexes, what's moving things and why. Because we can get caught up in that, right? We can say that and we look at the S&P 500, it's a common uh, kind of index used, and it's a common kind of reference point when folks are attempting to understand how their portfolios move and say, well, if I'm pacing with or in conjunction with where the S&P 500 is, well, then I, I must be doing as well as the overall market. Well, maybe that might be the case, but not necessarily so. You may be just tracking as well as a couple of companies are, maybe a handful, maybe even uh, several, uh, but perhaps fewer than a dozen, at least in this current market. So that's very, very important to keep in mind. And that's why I'm, I'm bringing it in the context technology. I'm even bringing some anecdotal things like, uh, like, like these, these glasses of uh, the meta Ray-Bans, uh, the, the Facebook Ray-Bans. I can't, I guess I can't say Facebook. I can still say Facebook. I just can't call the company Facebook, right? Isn't that how it goes together? Right. I mean, I, I mean, I look at the, at the logos, it still says FB on it. It doesn't say M, uh, on it. So anyhow, so I, I think I can say that, but, uh, but, but it is very true that just because something is new and is out there that it doesn't necessarily take off. And it doesn't mean, of course, that it's going to be a fabulous success for the company. I'm bringing that relevance really to your portfolio. Be careful. Be careful, especially if you're going to be looking at things which have done exceptionally well this year. Because it's, it's, it's a challenge. First of all, the markets are always challenging. But it's a challenging business if you're going to be ba uh, buying into things which have already done very, very well in the immediate near term. I'm not saying it's wrong. Not saying you shouldn't, but I'm saying it's it's very very challenging, because that tends to be when you see the largest inflows of funds into those stocks, into those bonds, into those funds, into those ETFs, and it happens every single time. I'm pounding on the table because that's I'm I'm just an old salt that way, but it, but it does. I mean, there are very few things in my 28 years of being in this business on which I could almost practically depend with a guarantee. And I can't even say guarantee in most instances because my compliance department gets real excited in a negative way when I do. But I can almost guarantee that, uh, that as, th as certain parts of the market, certain stocks, certain entities, certain items have moved forward substantially in a positive way, all of a sudden there's a huge flood of capital uh, into them. You don't have to believe me. I'm going to say a word here that my compliance department's going to get real excited about. Bitcoin. I know. Not as much noise about Bitcoin right now. Very interesting. You know, two years ago, I'll even say 18 months ago, I was taking more calls and emails and, and inquiries on Bitcoin than I could count. Truly. And in part because it went from a couple thousand dollars for Bitcoin up to 66000 I think is, was, was the top uh, on that end of things. I get it. It was hot. That's when the money was coming in. 
right? So I got dozens, maybe hundreds of inquiries on that kind of thing. By the way, full disclosure, I can't buy or sell your Bitcoin for you. So please don't call me on that end of things. I got to put that in there as well so that my compliance department doesn't get too excited uh, on that end of things. I I don't deal in Bitcoin. I I don't because it's not a securitized asset. So I I literally can't in terms of my licenses uh, of of how things are put together. But uh, but I got dozens of calls on it, on, on that kind of thing. That's what happens. And and we start to think in straight lines. We start to think because it's appreciated so much that it's going to continue to appreciate, which never happens over the long term. It's an amazing phenomenon. It's, 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 it's the kind of thing which has repeated itself through the years in ways that I can't even begin to describe. So it's very, very important for you to keep that kind of thing in mind because it's easy to get caught up in it. And it's also easy to get caught up in it, especially if you feel like you're missing out. Right? Uh, what what what's the acronym? Uh, that, that's FOMO. F O M O. Right? Fear of missing out. Uh, see, I, I got I got heads nodding here from uh, from Bill here at WSIC. I mean, they they know what I'm talking about. We're missing out. Oh, you've already missed out in in terms of how these things. So we got to catch up. We got to get into it. Maybe maybe not. But friends, that's not a strategy. That's guessing. That's just doing what somebody else has done. It may or may not be relevant to you. So I offer that up to you to make sure that you don't make a silly mistake just because everybody else in the herd happens to be doing the same thing. Well, friends, we are approaching the end of our time here together on Dollars and Cents presented by North Main Financial. I appreciate so much you, your time, and your willingness to listen. Tune in to us next week. I'll see you soon. (laughs) 